0: all right it looks like we're finally live thank you everybody for tuning in tonight's episode of txr i will be the host of the evening uh invader himself was not able to make it here tonight tonight's episode of TXR. so let's get this going on and let's start with you
1: mr jenner mld how you doing tonight hey yeah i'm doing pretty good yeah it's been a been a nice week uh i've been gaming on a uh, plague tale a persona a little bit of far cry 4 on the side backlog wise but yeah, looking forward uh, to this chat. Lots of interesting stuff happening. Right on.
0: And also, Eric Shockley, how are you doing tonight?
2: Oh, pretty good. Can you hear me? I was just making sure that. <laughs> can you hear me there?
3: Yeah, we can yep, hear you. We can oh, hear okay, it. my yep. bad. I was just making sure it was on
2: with the StreamYard, but yeah, pretty good. Uh, Just made me, uh, well, I was on the road during thanksgiving so i kind of made my thanksgiving dinner this weekend so just got filled myself up here but i'm ready to go getting jenny's to topics
0: right on and next up mr tim dog how you doing bud
4: dammy i am here i am just uh like uh, everyone else getting used to the the new uh setup just because Invader um, I have to give him a shout-out always been consistent never missed the show uh, is always here So for us to run the show without him um, I'm very happy that you could do that Centaurian. It's not an easy thing and uh, just to go out to show appreciation for invader like I said the guy is uh, consistently on the ball never misses a show Um, And for somebody who I do kind of miss, you know, here and there and and a lot, I would say, um, just due to my schedule and stuff like that, uh, just appreciate what he does and uh, what he brings to the table. Other than that, uh, thank God, it looks like we're finally getting to some, we're finally getting to the possible end or the possible conclusion of this activision uh xbox deal, and uh we're gonna be talking about that and i'm really looking forward to that even though i usually hate that uh topic but this week kind of seeing the uh the light i think we're gonna finally start to get some movement
0: yeah definitely for sure i mean uh sometimes it feels like you've been like talking yourself till like till you're ready to fall over about this whole microsoft activision deal uh, but with Invader, um, yeah, definitely shout out to him. He's a hardworking individual. Uh, for anybody that doesn't follow the show, please follow the show. He works really hard to really spread this, uh, this show out to everybody. Uh, he puts it on Twitch, BitChute, and other social media platforms. Um, and also, from my own personal opinion, I remember when I first got into YouTube, listening to Invader's stuff because he's just, like, I mean, his content is top-notch and his attitude is absolutely awesome. And I still get welled up emotions over the fact that he invited me on the TXR, made me part of TXR, and to be standing here today, hosting the show for him is completely humbling. Good. So, uh, moving on, uh, how you doing, Crusader?
3: Good. I'm tired, but I'm good. It's been a little while since I've been on because I think uh, you know we didn't have the show last week, and I think I was out the week before that. And I've played a lot of games in that time. I played four Ratchet and Clank games, the, the original like PS2 ones. I played on PS3. Don't play them on PS Plus streaming. It's awful, awful experience. Um, you know, I did that. Uh, I've been playing uh, GTA 4 on Xbox. It has a nasty bug in the final mission that's not. It's indirectly caused by like the the modern Xbox being better than the previous the the 360 which it was released on, but it's also an issue on PC where like you just can't finish the the, the final mission if you play it above 30 FPS, and there's no way to limit it on Series X because uh, there, there's a quick time event that's tied to the frame rate, so that really sucks. But I'm getting through it. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat that somehow. I'll find a way. I will find a way. Um. yeah you know it's been good uh getting ready for high on life been playing the new Fortnite season got a new destiny season on tuesday uh you know it's gonna be great i got a lot to play the next couple days
0: dude we got a lot to play coming up in the next couple months i mean uh we've got calisto protocol that just released uh like you said high on life we've got marvel midnight sun uh, and it's just going to really start ramping up next year, uh, starting in January with, like, the Dead Space remake. Uh, okay. Is that still January or did I get pushed to March?
3: Yeah, it's January, I believe. Um,
0: was there a date?
3: I, I think it was January 24th. 20-something. Okay, yeah. 24th, 28th? Okay. Something like that. 23rd? I don't know. Somewhere in there.
0: That's right. Dead Island 2 got moved to March. Yes. It was yeah, supposed Dead to Island go head-to-head, head-to-head, but I'm pretty sure they wanted to move that out of Dead Space's way.
3: Well, isn't it now going head-to-head with Resident Evil 4? Or is that That's February?
0: Yeah. yeah that that's going to be an interesting situation between those um, two games
3: well and we got monster hunter and the two other persona games coming too in in january
0: right and now also like yeah. you mentioned destiny is getting ready to switch seasons a lot of your big games as a service are getting ready to are basically pretty much uh uh getting ready to switch over seasons and start dropping new content into those games so, oh, that, I mean, it, there's Witcher
3: three, the hot Witcher three. Pack oh, dude, for too. real. I completely I'm in. forgot
0: about that. I'm
3: all in on that
0: yeah december 14th right that's yep. the uh that's the uh, that's the patch date for uh the I've enhancement of witcher 3 wow
3: i've never played the witcher I, I i tried it for i got i was like two hours in i can't say i never played i got two hours in in college i was so busy and i i didn't jive at the time with the 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 combat system so i just kind of put it down i was like i'll pick it up some other time and i've been waiting waiting for, for the patch for like really a year are. and a half now
0: so i can say i put in a good few hours into that game played a good portion of it but i fell off the bandwagon and never completed it and i even had the season pass with all the dlc so now i'm actually like ooh now's the best time to jump back in yeah um i feel like cd project red games is like it's actually they're having a resurgence because we now have the enhanced edition of cyberpunk and now the enhanced editions of the witcher 3 and i'm just like well i guess luckily i did wait this long to play them (laughs) all right let's start digging into tonight's show We've got a great show planned for everybody. We're going to be talking about the Microsoft Activision deal once again, but this time it's not going to be the same old rhetoric. We're going to be diving into Halo Infinite and the new update, the Forge beta and everything else that they got to offer. And then we'll cap it all off with an interview with Todd Howard that delved really into his career, um, the games that he's worked on and the games that he is currently working on and his future titles that he's got planned for us so let's start everything off with this activision deal um i mean it's been a very long roller coaster of a ride of a deal i mean i've been saying it all along when this deal first was announced january of this year that this is going to be a roller coaster of a ride i mean we've seen a ton of mixed bags of emotions we've seen jumping for joy we've seen screaming yelling i think i may have even seen a few tears shed on twitter but Like we've seen a lot of things unfold, at least in like between the two weeks we've been gone. Um, We've seen that the feds were possibly thinking about um, challenging the Microsoft uh, Activision takeover. Um, But now some news has actually come out that obviously we'll get into in the middle of all this that might lean towards that. It might not be as bad as some of these articles have uh, basically come out, like with Politico saying that the FTC is probably going to block it um we did find out that microsoft also offered sony a 10-year deal to keep call of duty on playstation um and yeah we still don't know what playstation is gonna take that deal or not it seems like they're holding out for them to come out and say oh be on playstation forever and phil spencer has made a comment that he is not going to put the word forever in the contract the it seems ridiculous Um, and then for whatever reason in Sony's genius that in this whole situation, they have lost their damn mind. They have just basically blatantly said that battlefield cannot keep up with call of duty and pretty much slammed EA for trying to, you know, trying to compete, but they just can't cut the mustard. Uh, let's start with Mr. General MLD, man. What have you thought about like the last two
1: weeks and all the rhetoric that has taken place about this Activision deal? well it, it's definitely a roller coaster uh now is finally a time where uh all the initial stuff's been said and now the regulatory agencies they're really getting into it now and finally starting to learn what the gaming industry is all about uh i liked how uh these companies are like educating these people who previously i don't think knew the ins and outs of the industry so the more they're learning i think the better it's going to be for xbox so uh either side is is saying uh either side claims they have evidence that it's gonna go through it's gonna get cancelled i think this is just part of the process is but uh, it's just amazing how public this all is to everybody but uh yeah i'll start off with that battlefield comment uh i think it's interesting how sony mentions battlefield can compete but they neglect apex legends at in the same at the same time also from ea which is one of the most popular first person shooters on the market these days so, I thought that was pretty interesting because PlayStation and Xbox, they both sent these uh, updated like talking points. and basically, I again, I feel xbox Xbox's points just eviscerated PlayStation's talking points. Like how they believe that PlayStation will be foreclosed by call by call of duty is just is just ridiculous. Like, I, I can say all these points, but the one that stood out to me the most, a really good argument that Xbox made, was that back in the three in the 360 days when call of duty was had it was you know time exclusive content on xbox and the game was selling mostly on xbox 360 and on playstation 3 the ps3 uh user base actually grew in that time period like because by the end of the generation ps3 global sales like just squeaked by xbox at the end and that was with call of duty and xbox's court so historically speaking xbox oh their legal team is are they're just wizards like they point out how historically speaking like call of duty on xbox's court does absolutely nothing for for foreclosure reasons playstation can still thrive and have their own tricks up their sleeve to adapt and overcome so i did i did like that but um otherwise i think uh the ftc there's a recent article that came out it looks positive how how need like like full committee support to take xbox to court but i think he got a couple defectors in there at the xbox or microsoft uh you know they're seeing people behind closed doors they're doing their thing and uh if basically if you can't get a unanimous decision the thing's not going to go to court and it looks like xbox can make some concessions and uh yeah get get this whole thing uh, out the door hopefully by by next e3 this thing will be done and uh by comparison the eu I think their biggest obstacle was call of duty and there you go the 10-year contract for call of duty being on playstation that should be the concession that does the trick for the eu and in my opinion playstation they they will never ever agree or comment on that 10-year plan because by agreeing to it by accepting the deal it's almost like they're consenting for it to go through so they don't want to do that they want to be as quiet on that as possible for as long as possible to get you know to get you know things going on their end but that they'll never accept any deal Xbox could not can offer a hundred years for Call of Duty they won't accept it because again it shows that they're they're playing ball and they don't want it to cooperate so yeah it's looking pretty good but I, I I think Xbox by final point for, for now before I hand off to other people here um I think the CMA uh looking into I think it's the CMA but they're looking into Apple and Google's duopoly and I like how Xbox's argument to pivot away from call of duty and the console market towards mobile is a brilliant play i think because yeah, at the end of the day that's what xbox wants to do they want to grow in mobile and trying to disrupt apple and google's duopoly i think um if they were are willing to show that that they can do that i think some regulatory agencies might look look on that you know pretty pretty promisingly so i think xbox they you know what they're doing and uh yeah I'm sure we'll hear more as the months go on but I think we're starting to see uh see some progress be made
0: yeah for sure and it's interesting that um with all the the witty things that Microsoft has made uh they also came out and started basically giving uh Sony some pointers on how to uh get Microsoft I mean to get PS Plus off the ground (laughs) so they're
1: feeling very witty that was so trolly too okay oh okay, yeah okay, okay, i, I, I got to comment on that too now oh just like oh maybe maybe put some of your games uh you know day and date uh, if you're concerned <laughs> about PlayStation plus lagging behind like they're giving like free yeah, consultation yeah. advice i i love it like of, of yeah. course you know that they, they mention how if you mention if you throw in all subscribers to ps plus including the multiplayer paywall it's more than a game pass but Sony, yeah. they are mentioning only uh, Tier 2 and 3, comparing that to Game Pass and how it was lagging behind considerably. So Xbox is like, okay, well, I mean, uh, here, here's some free advice, you know? Like, apparently, yeah. God of War 1 isn't on PlayStation Plus. Is that true, guys? Yes. No, oh no, God. God of War
3: 1 and 2 are. They are streaming only.
1: The- oh, my God. See, like, things. and how about Spider-Man 1? Is that on PlayStation Plus?
3: Are we talking about the, like, the remastered?
1: Or even the original.
3: That I believe the I believe both it and the remastered are. I know Miles Morales is. Huh. Um, yeah, God of like... War twenty eighteen is actually God of War twenty eighteen might not be on extra because it's part of PS Plus Essentials. It's part of that PS. Because. Okay. It's, it's part of the PS Plus collection that like all of the essential members get those like twenty games that like they all get. That's how I played it personally.
1: Okay, the well, I... so
4: five dollar more one.
1: Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, well so, I, I think we all feel like maybe they shouldn't be hoarding their games so close to the chest i yeah. mean maybe after six months maybe a year put them on your own service i mean come on
3: well yeah at least to do like ea right like ea has that policy where at 12 months the game will hit ea play right it, yeah. that is a hard cutoff. it is guaranteed to hit ea play right. some of them might come sooner Mass Effect came after six months. Why? It was a single player game, and it it basically hit its wall of how well it was selling, selling right. So you you right. make your service better by throwing it on there. And if Sony right. wanted to follow that model, they'd actually like if they would follow that model consistently. Like they, they have a okay model right now. I'm not, it's it's fine, but if wow. they would follow that consistently, they'd have a good a good model. You know what I mean? Not as good as Game Pass, but yeah. good.
4: Um, well. I'm if I could jump in, Centauri, no, and I'm to go. for it. Uh, I was gonna call on you next. Okay, so um listen, I'm gonna tell you take you through my uh story, and I I think Shane was like saying you can't, you gotta stop with the 55, 50, 75, because today I said I'm back to 7030, and he's writing away. Um but basically I've taken these articles um from the start. And, and the first article and and uh, Crusader was the one that pointed it out it was actually New York Post Saying that they were likely to sue and I remember at the time. Uh, it was two different authors though than this one um, at the time people like posts the rag and this and that um, But it was that was they were the first and then New York Times came out with that article and uh, then after that politico Came out with an article and then after that uh, the CNBC guy basically was saying you have to wait on this Uh, but I do think the way this article was written and listen uh, obviously these 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 uh, even political has a reputation of being a tabloid or whatever but this article and I wrote written uh, read this article twice um, I have to say it was pretty well sourced and it was well explained and, um, you know, they talk about how uh, basically um, the way this was going to go was it, it sounded like Con, Lena Khan Con was going to outright block the uh, the or or go to sue. Saying that it was um, unfair or whatever, and then the, the case is that you have to have 2 uh, or 3 or more votes um, on their panel to pass. And uh, there's 3 Republican, there's 3 Democrats and there's 1 Republican. So it was always the case that the 1 Republican was in favor of passing the deal. Uh, Obviously, Republicans are more uh, against uh, regulation. The Democrats, Mm -hmm. Democrats are a little harder on it. And um, the three Democrats basically were going to vote, I guess, against. But what happened was now one of these Democrats, uh, we don't know the name. I would love to know the name, but basically one of the Democrats on the panel Said, you know, I see what Microsoft's doing with the concession. I see what what's going on with CWA, uh, union pushing this. I'm kind of now leaning towards Microsoft, and that basically blows up Lena's plan because if they had three to one, they it's gonna go, it's gonna go, and it's gonna block the deal, and then they're gonna have to go to court, and all this stuff's gonna happen. But now, it's putting puts Lena who's the chairperson I believe she's the top one um, in a position where it's probably gonna be two to two Uh, and like I said the reason why I think this article has uh, a little credence to it is because it's so specific and if you read it it's a a long read but it goes through all the stuff that I'm explaining so uh, in that case uh, becomes a different ballgame essentially if it goes to two to two it favors Microsoft and basically he's going to put lean in a position where she's going to say okay well we'll, we're going to take the concession and look at us we you know we back down them and we got a huge concession instead of just saying uh essentially f you you're gonna go to court we're not even gonna listen to you so before yesterday that was where it was standing likely to sue uh, likely to say, F you, we're not even listening to any kind of concession talk. Now it's at the point where, and it's a revel- revelation of sorts that, you know what, Con, now your plan's blown up, and you're in a very vulnerable position if you try to uh, push it, and, uh, you know, here we, here we are, politics at play, um, it's blown up in your face, and you're probably going to basically from this article infers that basically it's going to go with concessions and, and they're going to likely pass it, so likely pass it because of the situation that, that that arose of this one uh democrat that breaks uh you know that breaks the ranks now this happens all the time in politics and shout out to people like hog Law and pactor who basically um, i've been reading and following and and, and talking to they basically said this is all the way this stuff goes so it's been a complete roller coaster the last week i mean i remember thinking okay we're dead in the water this is definitely going to court and this is just one you know one regulatory body you still got to go through eu and you still got to go through cma whatever the fucks going on over there um which i you know was a complete wild card still um, but now it seems to have gone to the point where Uh, I think FTC is going to likely approve it. There'll be concessions. They'll say that they've gotten their, you know, their chunk of uh, Microsoft giving back and and their assurances here and there. And uh, EU is basically, um, basically saying that the deal would not get passed if there was no concessions. Uh, And then if it does get passed, if they make the right concessions, which I think Microsoft has always been open to um, from the start with Phil with his tweets and the way they've handled it, Brad, and his messaging, that UA, EU is basically probably going to get passed with new restriction, and that just leaves CMA. Now, that's a completely different argument that i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole what if cma doesn't go through but i can tell you right now as of 8pm a lot has changed since that article has come out uh you can see a lot of people saying that now it's likely to pass and this is all part of what they say the posturing and part of what ho 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 ho, ho- Law, shout out to him rick um, he's gonna be putting out something tomorrow, I believe at 3 p.m. Uh, and he's going to basically explain this in much better detail than I could ever and just explain basically how this is just kind of par for the course. This is the way this stuff works. But at this point, um, I really kind of feel a little bit of relief that they finally got to, we gotten to a point where we're going to get some answers here and their answer is supposedly going to come uh, mid December. And the remedies possibly at the end of the year. So, FTC uh, could possibly be handled and done with by January. Then you have EU with a deadline of uh, May, uh, April, I believe, probably the same thing there. And then that just leaves CMA. Now, here's the thing.
3: there's is in March, by the way. Oh, CMA okay, is
4: theirs March. is in March. Thank you. Uh, here's the thing, and this is my final thing to say. <laughs> If you EU FTC, Brazil, Serbia, um, New, New New Zealand, Australia, and all these other, you know, regulatory bodies are passing it, it's gonna, I think, gonna put CMA in a position where, you know, they're, they're not going to be, be the lone soldier out there. Uh, it'd be one thing, it'd be a, a lot harder, I feel, for Xbox, Microsoft, if, if FTC, Sued and EU sued or, or or denied it, and then CMA and they had to deal with the three headed monster. If you're just dealing with CMA, and like I said, I'm not going down that rabbit hole <laughs> just yet. Uh, that's a whole different ballgame. So, uh, as Xbox fans and 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 people who've listened to this, and I know you've been very patient. Uh, it's it sucked that we've had to talk about this for a whole year. And Xbox has been definitely very cagey and not talking about anything and holding things back. And uh, as far as like, uh, I think announcements and stuff like that, Uh, but they did have an E3, which uh, thankfully they had. But um, the news front and for content creators has been horrible because everything's been kind of a holding pattern. But that's about to end, I think. And I do think that uh, as of now, uh, it's looking good um and uh i do think that this deal finally uh and rightfully with through the scrutiny um is going to pass and uh if xbox gets this done uh watch out they'll have 10 first party games next year in game pass supposedly uh, in the
3: first half reminds yes, supposedly right. in the according to their commitment at e3 right first
4: half Right, and that's with Activision. So you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, what we've been, you know, talking about. And obviously 2022 has been a a horrendous year, horrible year for uh, a lot of things, the delays and stuff. And and things, even though Xbox is selling like hotcakes now, because I think people do see the promise. But, um, yeah, so uh, big news today. And uh, I'm feeling a lot better than I did yesterday about this whole situation. Um, you know, uh, it would have been interesting to see if it did get blocked and wh- where microsoft the one went there You would have microsoft probably pissed off and ready to spend money at all all, all ways Um, but uh, if this deal gets done and it's done by e3 Uh, it'll be a very good thing for xbox fans. I think that uh, um, you know, uh, it will be back more to ch- uh, Schedule and put them in a position. I don't think they'll be in a dominant position where they're monopolizing over Uh, You know, Sony. uh, Sony's made themselves clearly looking uh, very fragile and very uh, weak, Uh, but that was by design from Jim. I think he threw a hail mary with this, or uh, at the time things were going his way. Um, But I think that, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's gonna pan out. So we shall see. Uh, Obviously, we'll keep you updated, but hopefully, this talk will come to an end soon enough, and we can get back to. You know, the normal things that we talk about, updated news and stuff like that. But um, thanks for everyone for, you know, tuning in and and dealing with it, too. Um, But, yeah, good news today, I think, and uh, reason to celebrate. Well, reason not to celebrate, reason to be optimistic.
0: No, Um, for sure. Do you want to go now, Chris? I was going to say, I just want to add
3: one thing to what Tim said to explain one minor detail, and we can be done with this topic. Okay. Um, Unless you have a lot to add. Um, because a lot of people have asked me and have been asking Tim, why two two doesn't make Lena Khan have a tie-breaking vote, right? Because you you'd think that if it was two two, there'd be a tie-breaking vote. The FTC is supposed to have five uh commissioners. They're, they I believe commissioner is the correct term. I looked it up earlier. They're supposed to have five, but for two years they have not been able to get uh, a nominee through the Senate, the U.S. Senate, and so they've been stuck uh, with with a with four members and there is no tie-breaking process because they're not supposed to be able to have ties and we've just been in a unique situation where uh, if lena khan had a, a, a fifth person she would have more power but she she doesn't and so that's why if it is a two two it, it it's in favor of microsoft at this point because ties are in in favor of the 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 only way that like a, a suit can actually be brought forward is if there is a majority and 2 versus 2 is not a majority and there is no tie breaking in in that situation. Good to know. That that's the only thing I wanted to add to the that, and I, I can always speak to the FTC. I don't really know how the the other commissions work, but that's how the Federal Trade Commission works. They're supposed to have a fifth chairperson and they do not right now.
0: Hmm. Well, it also adds some frosting onto that cake because obviously I it's kind of like one of those things i don't like hiding the facts but my my buddy stubbs over in the uk should probably love this comment um so like we were all discussing pre-show um my here in the united states at least uh there you know let's let's just be up front there's lobbying it's a political world over here in the united states i'm pretty sure it's also political in other countries they just call it different things and they have different processes but here it's lobbying uh, and Microsoft has done a substantial amount of contributions towards the Democratic Party over the years and, like astronomically more towards the Democrats and the Republicans. And if by some chance, Linda Kahn and the Democratic Party completely, uh, you know, effed this up for Microsoft, that would basically hurt them uh, campaign wise politically uh, when it comes to fueling and contributing to future elections. So that's something that they have to tread very lightly on that uh, a company that has invested millions into the Democratic Party could all of a sudden decide to shut up the purse strings because they decided to throw a monkey wrench in this whole situation. Um,
3: well, yeah. And that's exactly why they would um, uh, the, the, the posture everyone will posture. oh
0: yeah everybody's gonna pop everyone See,
3: it'll look like I, a victory to everyone no I wonder one will look if like the a ftc
0: wizard. is posturing just because they don't want because like i've seen so many people calling the ftc out they're like oh look the cma and the eu are the only ones that are willing to stand up to microsoft the ftc is in cahoots with microsoft they're not even going to complain about it uh, so. is it like is the ftc really finding anything wrong or are they just posturing just so that way, to, to like kind of like you say, stand in the spotlight and be like, oh look, we got a we got a deal out of them. We we challenged big tech.
3: Yeah, we're also at a a, a like inflection point in a lot of businesses where they could lose a lot of businesses to overseas interests, right? Like the the, the oh. they could just move to other countries, right. right? Where where because a lot of companies, especially at the mid level, want to be open to being sold. I mean, it's the it, Hogue had a great uh, line in one of his many videos on this that like these companies and shareholders should have a right to be able to sell what they've built, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and and, like for Activision, there's not many companies who could do it, but they should be able to have the right to do it, and so they have to tread that line carefully as to looking at like, okay, so how do we how do we act tough with mergers and acquisitions, but not outright um prevent them from happening because if you prevent all of them from happening then you might not have companies operate in the united states at all does that make sense like or at least some smaller ones and when, when you lose the small to mid-level ones you're, you're losing a lot of industry right because uh, like a lot of those companies do do contracting work for other companies and stuff like that and you're, you're losing a lot and so you have to you have to set it up in such a way that you know you don't screw things up and video games is kind of huge you know as entertainment i believe it's the most valuable entertainment force now uh i'm pretty sure it's more than sports and hollywood combined now per year
0: yes and video games also makes up a considerable amount of the of the economy over in the uk in the
3: uk um, I think it's actually the, one of the biggest economic drivers. That's why the CMA is also very nervous about the deal. And like to Oh yeah. So like they they have a lot of people you know, attack them and like there's there's some shit that they've done that they should, right? Like don't attack any individuals. You wanna attack the organization. Go ahead. You wanna you wanna speak out of it. Don't 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 harass individual people unless the individuals are being stupid, but then just call them stupid. Leave it at that.
0: But I mean like uh stup Yeah, like that guy. My Call stupid.
3: Don't <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I see any of you giving them death threats i'll be under your bed yeah. i don't
0: think any uh, i don't unless think you're any our chat doing does, egregious but things to other people yeah. i don't think you really do need like death threats ever yeah what i mean by egregious i mean like but, third world dictator yeah. harming people kind of egregious
3: yeah. <laughs> right so but you know the, the, the cma does th- it is a huge economic sector for them so they do need to be very careful in, in reviewing this. And that, that is very, that is a very fair thing to say. Um, especially because like, not only I'm fairly certain there's, there's a considerable amount of the Activision workforce is in England, not like, not like a majority or anything like that, mind you, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple hundred workers, 600 or so in the UK, right from, from, from Activision Blizzard. So like, that's a sizable amount of the, of like, tax dollars and stuff coming from those workers and like those facilities and things like that. Plus the revenue that's coming in from the game. So they need to be very careful about protecting that.
0: Well, and that, so, I'm glad you brought that up because they also have to be careful of overstepping and yes. basically causing problems because of the fact that the video game industry makes the UK a lot of money and plays a big role in their economy. If they, if they block this deal, It's going to cause other people with future aspirations of owning a game, a game studio or publisher in the UK, starting one. It's going to basically make it to where the game industry is going to avoid the UK like the plague because they don't want to deal with the CMA and their overreach when it comes to trying to worry more about the competitor than the consumer.
3: Yes, exactly. Um, And... So uh, th- this, I mean, this deal is is kind of just wild to think about because it's like what twenty thousand workers? No, not twenty thousand. It'd be like twenty thousand combined Activision plus uh, Microsoft, if I remember correctly, something like that. Something, oh, oh like outrageous. Um, it's still less than Ubisoft and Embracer, but something outrageously large. And you have to, I mean, in, in the U.S., I mean, there's like the majority of them are in the of the workers are in the U.S. I believe. Um, and so like that's another thing, you know, in the whole workers' rights things with the CMA, or not the CMA, the the CWA, whatever the union is, um, the, the tech workers union. Um, but there was a very interesting article that came out not too long ago. You know, I said I didn't want to talk about this topic, but I forgot about this article. That was like, if the deal is blocked, it could do as much harm to consumers as if it went through, right? That the like at this point with Activision Blizzard, there might not be a net positive, if that makes sense, in either direction, right? Because there could be issues with, there could be all of those proposed issues with Microsoft owning it that everyone's brought up. But also, Activision was very steadily going down, right? They were worth something like hundred $100, uh, 100 billion USD a year before the acquisition happened right? Activision? Yes.
0: Okay. Now, but their losses are totally on Bobby Kotick and his outrageous acts of how to treat employees.
3: They, They are, but there is the question of if this deal goes through, would they successfully recover? Because they haven't been, right? There was never a point where they were recovering. They were still steadily going down. Right. And so the question is without the acquisition in a few years do we have Activision Blizzard King and that's not to say that like oh my god it's going to collapse into the ground but does that company still exist in the way that it does do they have to essentially break off into Activision and into Blizzard and into King again right like how how does it look in a few years and as a result is the quality of call of duty, you know, I say, we can put it in air quotes, but it's the quality of call of duty suffering more than it was currently. Right. That does it, does it continue to go downhill? Um, do servers have to get pulled for stuff because expenses are getting too high and they're not bringing in enough revenue, things like that. So there, there, there is the question of, well, if this deal fell apart, what happens? right? Cuz right now I, I guarantee the the their stock price is being held and you know it's not at the, the the price it should be for for the deal. Now also it would it shouldn't be at the $90 a share yet because we're still too far out and it, inflation is what it is right now, but you'd expect it to be I, th- I think it's like something like $7 or $8 higher at this point than it is. Um but what would its stock price look like if the deal wasn't going like if the deal didn't go through? It's going to plummet, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Shareholders are going to lose out. Consumers might end up losing out. Workers might end up losing out because there would be mass layoffs. So the, in a world where Microsoft doesn't actually acquire Activision, Blizzard King does, and you've blocked it for all of these, for what you've deemed consumer friendly reasons. Have you actually helped the consumer, right? Because I mean, and even if all those things were to come true, right? But you also on the flip side have Activision, Blizzard King fall apart. Did you actually help the consumer? Was that a better, a lesser or a greater evil? Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, the article was from The Escapist by the way. Yes, thank you. About.
3: Yeah, and, and it's like, and, and that's the question. It's, it's, right. It, it's and, and that's something that I, I really think that I mean, it would be a very dangerous gambit, but if they were on their last legs with, like, the CMA or the EU, that would be the card that I'd play, is we don't know if we'll survive if this deal doesn't go through. Activision, right? Yeah. Bobby wants his money, <laughs> right? Well, listen, so... I, I,
4: do think, I do think that you did speak of them going downhill. I do think of their recent success of Call of Duty this year. Uh, their... They're uh back they're gonna have some really good shorter sure. you know, but um
3: but I mean other other sectors. Yeah, were you're down. right, you're right. I, I like, honestly blizzard's if down. Bad. Blocked,
4: if the deal got blocked or if Microsoft said, Screw it, we're leaving Yeah. Uh I don't think that would be a good thing for workers nope. because uh Microsoft has said they were open to uh unions and, and, and CWA which uh, i actually am a, a communication worker of america um they actually endorsed Xbox, uh, microsoft and said you know uh we want the deal to go through and partially it was because basically microsoft said they're not gonna block their union ventures uh and and you know there was that whole talk of uh ravens uh, I, I think it was one of their studios they wanted to become unionized uh, Microsoft basically in one of the in one of the several ways that they've been accommodating and said yes I do think it would be a very bad thing if if the deal was blocked Especially if it's bullshit um, I don't think that like I said from the very beginning of this of all this They don't really have that case in my opinion. Yeah, I agree Well, um, we also could see Activision
0: acting like a total different company um I mean let's look at what happened with uh, Diablo Immortal. Um we've seen uh, games like uh, Overwatch 2 become basically an absolute shit show with microtransactions, especially Diablo Immortal. Yeah, Blizzard had everybody's a bad year. everybody's really wanting to hold out for Diablo 4, but I mean like literally that's a crapshoot at this point cuz you have no idea what that game could turn into with microtransactions and Microsoft has Literally some terms of service and agreements that they have, and as like a company policy, uh, for games that contain microtransactions. And th- I would actually like to see Activision purchased because Microsoft would be able to keep Microsoft. I mean, would be able to keep Activision as they were before the Diablo Immortal debacle with like the most insane microtransactions you've ever seen. Um, And that would pretty much stop Activision from going down that road. Otherwise, if this deal is blocked, like you said, the employment issues and just everything else that could come of it, we could completely see Activision games turn into giant slot machines um, purely because Activision, for some reason, really seems adamant on pushing the boundaries of what it was really considered when it comes to pay to win and just monetizing everything.
1: At the very least, Diablo Immortal will get cleaned up, I think.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, They, they there's like, they're Loot boxes like, will be going. huh?
3: Loot boxes will be gone.
0: Well, see, that's the other funny part. See, I happen to be one of those that actually benefited from a buyout of Microsoft when it comes to games as a service with Elder Scrolls Online. Before the Bethesda ZeniMax purchase, um, Elder Scrolls Online, it was straight up, You buy, you buy the currency and you buy the crap in the store. Um, and when Microsoft, one of their policies for anything that like loot, loot boxes and stuff like that, Microsoft and a game that has in-game currency, they actually have a stipulation in their terms of service and agreement for their, uh, publishers and developers, uh, that these loot boxes, uh, have to, I mean, these, these, this in-game currency has to be able to be achieved through things in the game without having to put out actual real world money. And that's where uh, Bethesda Zenimax did that. As soon as they were bought out, they implemented a system of I believe I forget what it's called, but you get basically this this random currency for doing uh, weekly sets of achievements and triumphs. I think I think they're called triumphs, and they give you a currency based on these triumphs that you can go into the store and buy things in the store using triumph points. Um, and that's just one of those things where as soon as the company was bought out, they had to actually conform to what Microsoft wants delivered for games as a service. So this this happens when you buy these companies and Microsoft makes them do this. Um, but before I forget, because he got back, Shockley, did you want to add anything to the conversation?
2: Oh, yeah. Like with the uh, that deal with or with the deal My- going through
0: right deal going through whatever you want to bring to it because i mean there is yeah you could tackle this conversation in so many directions what's yours
2: yeah i mean if like because i've been thinking like yeah you know, if the deal doesn't go through like the regulators also have to look at that aspect of like if it doesn't go through hey will some of these studios get you know either shut down or just kind of like trimmed down like we've seen happen with like ea how they've and you've already kind of saw that with Activision, where it was going when they had like everybody converging on focusing on making uh, Call of Duty instead of like some of the IP they just got done making. Like yeah, the successful Tony Hawk game, you know, remake, and then they're like, nope, just start making, you know, helping us with Call of Duty. Um, but you know, that's that's the only thing that's. know it could be a downside or like if it just it seems like it's only going to hurt people if it doesn't go through in a sense because you see that microsoft needs to keep the game on like call of duty on playstation to keep it at its height you know at its you know high popularity Um, and they're only going to try to get it to more people you know through cloud and other aspects so if anything if this if the deal goes through it seems like it's going to be either status quo or better. And then, you know, if it doesn't go through, then maybe people, you know, lose their jobs. Uh, You know, it gets, especially like if their stock drops, you know, starts plummeting even more than it already was. But also if the deal doesn't go through, then that looks bad. Uh, But yeah, I I mean, other than that, like, I guess that's my take on that. Like the, the regulars, I think they're starting to look both ways and not just like, oh, it's just Microsoft, like, buying up more companies. But then now they're looking at, you know, Sony, you know, oh, okay, Sony's not some just little, you know, underdog. They might not be as big of, of a company as, like, Microsoft, but, like, in the sector, like, you know, they're a big player. So they're competitive with Microsoft or more so that, you know, obviously they're, they have a stranglehold in some regions, so. But we'll see what see what uh, see what happens. Hopefully, we only got a few months left of it. So,
0: for real, like I mean, if if or anybody hasn't realized it yet, the video game awards are going to be a very interesting time for us this year because the fact that this deal has been dragged out and all, and there's a lot of bickering going on between companies and regulators. Uh, the video, like us consumers, are actually going to already be affected by the bickering by the fact that now microsoft sony and microsoft are both wanting to hold back any announcements uh that they could be shouting out right now until this deal goes through or doesn't go through because neither company wants to give any regulator uh any kind of ammunition to sway the deal one way or the other um so it's definitely going to be an interesting few months uh, especially as we get towards the time when we see these these regulators are going to have to start making their decisions, uh, like uh, Crusader pointed out, the CMA by March, uh, possibly the EU in April, and the FTC probably somewhere around January February. It's going to be interesting. Uh, but moving on now, we're going to start tackling uh, a game that we are all familiar with, um, another roller coaster ride uh, for the gaming industry, especially for us Xbox fans. Uh, let's bring up Halo Infinite. Uh, before we dig into it, l- I want to point out one big fact about this game um, Like when we're looking at the reviews for Halo Infinite on the Microsoft Xbox store the campaign out over all, at over 30,000 reviews is sitting at like two and a half stars and The actual multiplayer of Halo Infinite for some reason has less reviews at just over 23,000 reviews and it's also sitting somewhere around two and a half stars Uh, Halo Infinite looks like they're getting ready to release their winter update Um, And it looks like they are going to drop a lot. Um, The big caveat being the Forge beta We're gonna see some maps. They're gonna be doing new play modes for uh, the multiplayer It even looks like they're gonna go in and rework some of the uh, the sandbox mechanics of the campaign Um, I'm pretty sure that in crusader could go into an insane amount of detail on this whole situation so we're going to start off with you crusader
3: so i want to give my because people are going to ask is forge a like is this the 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 redemption for halo infinite and i don't think it's the redemption i think it starts the redemption arc right i think it's going to take a little bit more than just forge to really get people back in, but Forge lays the groundwork that anything else that comes just is strictly better. Like, anything that they add, whether it be new vehicles, new weapons, new game modes, new maps, Forge makes it all better, right? So, Forge is the beginning of the redemption arc for Halo, in my opinion. And, I mean, Forge is incredible. Like, um... I'm trying to think of the the nice guy's name on Twitter who spends his entire day tweeting out um, uh, like videos of um, Forge stuff. I can't think of his name right now. It's a, got a dude's face with like a cyan blue icon in the background. I cannot think of his name, but I mean, people are remaking every Halo map in history. Right, all of the games they're remaking them all, and they look fantastic. See, I, I've seen bat, like anyone here play classic Star Wars Battlefront, like the the, the like the one that came out in two thousand five and the one that came out before that. Right, anyone play those on this panel? No. Nope. No. They're remaking the maps from those in, in, in it. I guess Mint Blitz is one of them. I'm, I'm getting some DMs. Mint Blitz is one of them who's doing it, but th- that's not who I'm thinking of, and I cannot think of the, the guy's name. It I've seen Lizzo. some pretty
0: interesting maps pop up. Like, I think one person came up and did the, uh, like, the the bedroom from Toy Story. Yes,
3: yes. The bedroom from Toy Story was one. Someone made a Waffle House, and someone made a... Uh, Whataburger? Like, a classic one. Um, the... I mean, it practically is a a simplified version of the Unreal graphical scripting engine. It's it's insane, like what what the Forge scripting engine is and what you can do with it. Um, I I'm known in my friend groups. Anyone here play Fall Guys? Right? You, you know the mode hexagons where you jump in on the hexagons and they disappear under your feet. Yeah. Someone made that in Forge. Like, the scripted it. So when you jump on the hexagons, they disappear beneath your feet. And you can play the hexagons mode from Fall Guys in, in Halo Infinite's custom games. It's incredible. Um, I don't think it's enough to pull casuals back. They're gonna need something bigger to pull the casuals back, but once they're back, Forge will keep them there. That's that's the big thing that that, that I want to say about Forge. Um, yes, I I know Forge is the in Slipspace Space Engine Zinc. I I know that it's like Unreal's scripting engine. Um, uh, for anyone who knows how Unreal works, it has a, a visual scripting engine that you can visualize. And for anyone who hasn't seen Forge, that that's what I would point them to as the the example of of what it looks like, uh, the the well known example. Um, but it's it's incredible. The, the the Forge is absolutely incredible. I've hopped in a little bit. I've hopped back in for a couple matches. I really want to wait until we see the fruits of Forge until I really get back in. I I want to see. I want to have a like agglomeration of custom games so that my friends and I can jump back and have custom game weekends again. I, I, I there's a there's a lot of them, but it's not quite enough variety so that we we can just keep going and going and going yet. At least for what we would play so i'm not there yet and i said that it would be a couple months before i'd I'd truly be back in and I, i really can't wait they promised that they'd have a playlist for testing community made forge maps for multiplayer because that's one of the big things that halo's benefited since halo 3 with was taking forge creations and throwing them into multiplayer lobbies right um i mean if anyone's played Halo Reach, you know that half of the maps in even in MCC, half or more are all Forge creations, right? And most of them weren't the original Forge remakes. Um, it's it's great, um, and I, I really hope that a lot of the classic, because I I don't need three four three to go out and remake the classic Halo maps. Uh, like the Pit is the famous Halo three one. Havens, the famous Halo Four one. It was probably one of the best Halo maps ever. Was in Halo Four, in my opinion. It, regardless of what you like about Halo, if you like or don't like Halo Four, that map was one of the most well-designed maps I've ever played on in a in an arena shooter. Um, but like a lot of these classic maps are being remade in Forge. I don't need I don't need them to be bespoke remade. You want to make a bespoke map that's not like not forged. It's handmade. Make me a brand new one let let the let the community remake the 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 old ones and get them all into multiplayer get everything get 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 these playlists populated with maps so that when I'm playing the likelihood of me playing on the same map more than once in a sitting is like none you know what i mean that's that's what halo's multiplayer needs right now and no halo's ever had that until late later in their lifespan but infinite really really needs the map variety in its in its multiplayer um, lobbies right now and Forge is gonna bring that and for like forge is gonna start the up and up people are gonna slowly start trickling in and I I, I truly think that as long as Tatanka hasn't we, we I've been talking with Jez back and forth uh, about the tatanka stuff I, I I have to ask him for an update on that for more recently but um uh, it's unclear what is going on with Tatanka if it's becoming fully standalone or if it's still going to be tied into Halo Infinite or what, what's going on exactly with it but i mean cuz i've heard everything from it's it's been pulled completely and they they're they're pushing it into a new engine and it's going to be a standalone thing to it's coming out in season 4 this this coming year um and i've heard all of those things recently so i have no idea what's going on with with Tatanka but if Tatanka is not pulled from Halo Infinite, not made into its own thing, and will be running in the sandbox. That will be what will bring the people back. And Forge, Forge is what's going to get people to stay. Because that scripting is incredible. Like, like what you can do with it is absolutely incredible. Like, I, I've, it's wild. Like, it, just just go look at the creations. Um, Just type in Halo Infinite Forge, and like, go to Mint Blitz's channel, and go look at all his stuff, and you'll be like, holy crap. It, it's just, and it, visually, it looks so much better than the forges from Halo 3, Halo Reach, Halo 4, and ha- especially Halo 5's. Halo 5's forged maps, well, they were really good. And you could do a lot of good, cool stuff with Halo 5's forge. Visually, I thought that it looked really bad. I, I don't know what it was. Did anyone else have that opinion with, with Halo 5's like, forged maps? That like they played really well, but visually they looked off?
1: Yeah, you can tell they looked, you know... Like, not like the dev made maps.
3: Well, it's not even that. It, it was like they had no texture. Like there was no like everything was so clean.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
3: Because yeah. like in, in Halo Reach, right, the the forged maps that were all clearly forged because Forge had exactly one palette and it was that forerunner palette, right? But they were all textured, so they all looked like semi detailed. You know what I mean? Like it looked like Forge, but it looked gritty and and detailed. But Halo fives didn't, and like Halo, from what I'm seeing from Halo Infinite, you can do either. That like, it 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 comes down to how much detail the Forger wants to put into it, because the budgets are so freaking high with Forge. Like how much you can actually, like the the assets cost in the budget. I don't know. Have you have you guys all used Forge before to like to know how it works? Like, that oh. every asset that you add has, like, a cost, and it adds the overall budget of the map so that you don't put too much in the map that, it, like, the systems can't handle it.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. in 3, the budget was so small.
3: Yeah, Infinite's budget is massive. And so it, it comes down to how it comes down to how much work does the, does the person who's making the Forge map want to put in to how much detail they want to add. So you, you have I've, I've seen all kinds of maps that range from looking like they're straight out of Halo 5 with, the, uh, with how like plain they are. Like, I mean, they look visually better because the infinite is a visually better looking game. But they, they still have that flat, no texture look to some things that look like they're straight out of a campaign level. Because the person has put a lot of detail, like a lot of detail work and like scenery and stuff in. And Forge is really going to be the starting point of Halo Infinite's like comeback. And I I still think it's going to be slow. There there really has to be, they, they have to release something that's kind of like a moment. And I think Tatanka, if Tatanka is still part of Halo Infinite, will be that moment. Um,. Especially, especially if Titanka works with Forge, because Tatanka doesn't outright have to work with Forge for it to work synergistically with Forge. Because you come back, you play the you play the BR, but now you're here and the, the the regular multiplayer is right there, and oh look, regular custom games are right there, and I can I can load them up and play with the buds, and we can play things like Duck Hunt and Hexagons and uh, you know, all those things. I will say it is the the one disappointing thing about. Halo Infinite's Forge. And you can kind of do it with scripting, but there is no infection. Infection should have launched straight up with Forge, because a lot of custom games rely straight up on infection to work. I don't know how much how much custom games the, the parties played, but there's a lot of custom games that rely on one person being the infected and the rest of the people being the non-infected and stuff like that for them to, to operate. And... Um, you you can get around that with some clever scripting and like randomization of teams and stuff like that uh, for some things. But in in the end, infection really should have launched with Forge, and I hope it 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 wasn't listed on the the things coming directly soon. I really hope that it's something that like will be the season three. Right, season three will be the next season. Yes, I think um i think season three is the february season i really hope that it's something coming with season three that like in they're they're gonna have infection up and ready to go because it's something that forge really needs to to truly have like the best custom games up and running
0: yeah it's the third season
3: yeah yeah so so i i would that that's that's my one my one complaint about forge it's not even forge itself right it's the game mode that synergizes the most with forge is not there um that would be what i would want that 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 would be my like my last like why isn't this here kind of thing like there's 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 a lot of things that you you could say it's like small things like where's this weapon where's that weapon i don't really care the the thing i care about the most right now is where's infection that's like the last thing And that's not as what's up
0: I was gonna ask you, is the previous battle passes um been cause they say the new battle pass is gonna be free? I thought a lot of the stuff was free already. Have they been I haven't played Halo Infinite multiplayer in so long? Are they no. still charging for the battle passes? The
3: first two battle passes were paid. Because this season got essentially extended again for an additional three months, because this was already a six month season, they gave everyone a mini battle pass for free if you log in. So just log in and you get a thirty tier battle pass for free that you get to keep forever. Um, the, the 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 typical seasons battle passes are going to be paid, right? Like that that's that's just how it is. But but to make up for the season going extra long, they did give everyone a a, a free battle pass and it's okay. Uh, they they still have some issues with the monetization, that that it's wildly expensive for things that like shouldn't be cuz like your game like Fortnite you can get away with selling a licensed skin for a lot of money cuz it's a licensed skin that people actually want right but Halo's charging like 20 bucks for like icicles coming out of your head and it's kind of like mm, you might want to rethink this 343 right sure. it's just not as appealing right that like if you want you can sell microtransactions for a lot of money but you got to have you got to have some appealing behind it and a lot of the 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 skins in, I mean, it, it's really hard when you're a game not like Fortnite or when you're as st- like personally styled as Halo. Yeah, armor cores are still abysmal, but when you're not when you're not a, when you're as personalized as Halo or like like stylized, right? It's really hard to bring in. Outside material that people really want. I mean, they're sitting on a few that they could do that they could sell a lot for, right? And there, there are other Xbox IPs. They could sell you a Gears of War cog armor armor set, and p- people would go nuts. I'd go nuts. I get it, right? They could they could do Doom Guy, and people would go nuts, right? That's like a a Doom Guy style armor core, and they, they could do a power armor from Fallout, and they could probably even do a a it looks like they are um uh like the the dragonborn they could probably do an armor set that even looks like that right cuz i mean they have the samurai armor how how hard is it to make norse looking like you know the the nordic armor from from skyrim but like it, it's really hard for to to get the the really attractive microtransaction skins in the same way. And I think that's one thing that Halo's live service model is gonna struggle with is that like flat out, you know, it and Call of Duty and that their their microtransactions aren't as attractive as games where you can have more ridiculous ones. Does that make sense? Like Call of Duty sell, but like the ones that sell the best are like when they bring like famous soccer player or uh famous, you know, person and make them an operator. You know what I mean? And you can't really do that with with um Spartan armor. You know what I mean? You, you can you can do some historical armors. You can do some armors from other video games, but you can't you can't bring in famous, really popular people. And that, that makes it hard. That's my TED talk about Halo right now. Halo's in the up and up. Not hey, perfect, but up and up.
0: Hey man, you know what? I'm looking forward to them right I don't even want to say riding this ship, but Definitely uh, reinvigorating uh, the hype for the game, both on the campaign and multiplayer. Um, I was a huge Rainbow Six fan, a Rainbow Six Siege fan uh, during Operation Health, and I mean, we've seen games as a service that have had some issues. Uh, definitely bring back all that hype. <laughs> I mean, too. Destiny as well. Um, But the reason why I always bring up Rainbow Six Siege is they knew they had problems and they had a whole season known as Operation Operation Health Health. because they had to improve the health of the game and they basically embraced that with open arms. And, you know, this seems like a step in the right direction uh, to definitely writing uh, some of, I don't want to call them wrongs, but writing some of the letdowns for a majority of the hardcore Halo community.
3: Yeah, see, the thing was I-, I saw someone make this stupid comment that Halo Infinite didn't capture the spirit of what Halo is. Right? Oh, I saw that. And that's fundamentally not true. The problem with Halo Infinite was it came out incomplete. And the content, like releasing content into the game including the the content that should have been there at launch took a goddamn century, right? like in game time it took a century you know it took a year
0: oh yeah a big example of what you're saying right now is like like right here in the article they're putting in 24 brand new achievements some of these achievements are actually tied to co-op which is something that was not there when the game first came out yeah
3: and so they did like it has halo infinite is an excellent halo game it's just it's just no freaking content right and there's there's stuff that was there's finally The only thing I can say that is really missing from a core Halo experience at this point, like I said, is Infection, right? But that's minor compared to getting co-op and Forging. I I guess I I will also say that co-op, that split—I know I'm in the minority about split-screen, but I will say split-screen that matters to me personally. Um, But to say that it didn't capture the spirit of Halo is far from incorrect. It was fantastic. It just didn't have leg the, the it just didn't have the like it was like a beautifully made like table countertop that didn't have strong enough legs underneath it right and now its legs are there it's but it's covered in dust and so they need to get something out to, to blow that dust away right and so like it, it's built everything's there finally it's been a year we're, we're great it just needs to 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 just need to come up with a way to get the masses back and i'm really hoping that tatanka will be that
0: well um before we get on to our other halo uh hardcore aficionado uh let me move over to eric shockley real quick um are you looking forward to the improvements of halo infinite um are you still playing the game you keeping up with it
2: yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to jumping into that co-op. I definitely have some friends that have kind of held out. <laughs> so yeah, that would be definitely pretty dope. Plus, uh, I got—I just haven't gone back to it. But I was trying to solo the legendary, legendary mode, but there's some. Uh, as you get deeper into it on legendary, it gets a little uh, gets a little hairy. But uh, I I found some ways to cheat my way through there with a warthog.
4: Warthog full,
2: full of uh, Spartans with lasers. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a way to go, but I've definitely glitched my way into some, uh, took out some bosses with some other Spartans lasering the shit out of them. So, um, but yeah, I'm definitely hype on hearing, seeing that, uh, but plus also the, uh, the Forge, cause I've been hearing about it, you know, since, you know, um, this basically like Statement's been getting back in there. Um, about like its capabilities like it's going to be super sophisticated to the point where you can pretty much create anything you want so that's why i thought like initially then not launching with forge was okay and i thought everything else is kind of just you know blown out of proportion like if it landed hey three months later co-op six months later forge like that's not that long of a time you'll live <laughs> but at this point <laughs> it's gone on way longer than that initial promise, Um and still like no co-op, but um but hopefully you know, or um, hopefully both of those coming up here soon. Finally, um, but I, I think that's where's like when you're mentioning like Halo with its like Redemption arc, like I think people were going to come back like from for what you can do with like Forge. Plus the, the 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 single player of it was fantastic. I thought I thought it was one of the you know best halo campaigns you know i've played in a long long time so um I'd, I'd put it halo 2 had its moments towards the end um but i will say that one basically had still to this day has not a playable co-op <laughs> so like once the co-op comes out of this you know though so that might put it up there close to, it's just that that climax with the halo 2 is kind of cool like that that nostalgic feel that you know first time where you're seeing like covenant fight each other and stuff like that um but yeah i I hated halo 2 because the co-op i was so amped going from halo 1 to halo 2 and it's like this isn't this doesn't work like unless both of you are like unless the other person you play with is as up to the level as you you can't play with somebody that's you know more casual with halo do legendary like halo 2 like those snipers are just going to make it a miserable, you're going to end up hating your friend. I'm like, no, I, I'm just not going to play with you until you get better. Um, they'll just make it a miserable experience. Um, but yeah, getting back to Halo Infinite, um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of people come back to it in droves because the endlessness that you're seeing with like what you can do with Forge. People are just going to make you know crazy sandboxes as we're seeing crazy levels and hopefully new modes kind of like back in the day when people made, you know, infection. So, uh, so hopefully those, you know, population gets increased that's, you know, dwindled in at least on steam. Um, And we see a lot more players come back in droves and then, you know, maybe that'll hit its, you know, stride from here. So, but we'll see.
0: Yes, for sure. We shall see all right time for you mr general mld and we will not be mistaken we could see in your icon you are wearing a 117 hat so definitely uh pull that soapbox out and uh let
1: us know how you feel about this whole situation oh yeah well well i mean to state the obvious this is definitely a step in the right direction should this have been available day one of course it should have been i think oh, a lot of casual players uh, have left and i don't think they'll ever come back so just just a missed opportunity but at least with forge here you want to keep the core fans happy and you could and you should re- branch out from there so ah better late than never me personally i'm more of a firefight guy myself i don't know when that's gonna come but um i mean i'll i'll certainly put my hours in when that comes now i mean i mean i'm sure we've all seen things uh here and there the maps that these guys make is just it's just really amazing to see like i saw someone remake like the red light green light from uh squid game like that's that, that's insane like I, I thought halo five forge was like the best like was cutting edge this is like way and above and beyond well, what uh, halo has ever done so i think whatever 343 chooses to do with uh with the ip if um what is it the the next campaign expansion if that chooses to be its own thing i think that this forge is easily you can easily carry this over to like any future halo installation halo installations and just uh yeah keep building upon it the forge here should not be just confined to halo infinite it is way too good for that i think yeah it should definitely be now that it's out and it'll be improved it'll definitely boost the release of any future halo uh going forward so um, I'm really hats off to 343 for getting that right, but um, I, I think there's a lot more work to be done. You need more playlists like uh, before it was said, infection needs to be added, I think firefight needs to be added. Um, I'm glad co op was added, at least albeit online co op, so that's good. But I feel like it's uh, uh, 343, they're getting right back on track here. I mean, uh, god knows, uh, their development was you know, slow to a crawl in the beginning and lean up to the, lean up to the launch but i feel like now uh, they could even use forge themselves the community can, can you know help them out i, I know it's, it's weird to say that you know a developer should rely on, on the community but i mean at this point um hey the more content the better i think Halo infinite lacked a decent amount of maps that it should have had at launch if it had more maps it would have retained a lot more players i feel and uh yeah this forge now it can go a long way uh, I feel like three four three in the community. They can always collaborate and work close together, and um, we should hopefully see a steady, <clears throat> steady output of content at a pretty good pace. So I'm looking forward to what the future has. Let's see what Tatanka has in store for us as well, and the you know, the endless uh, campaign. I feel like Halo is finally they're getting out of the woods, and um, I <laughs> finally I think we're, we're going into a, a bright, a bright future. So, yeah, uh, I'm keeping my eye out for it. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited overall. All right. All right.
0: Let's get this uh, kind of on to the last topic of the night. Thank you, everyone, for being here. If you haven't yet, please be sure to click that like and subscribe button if you haven't already. And let's move on to tonight's final topic. At, and we are going to move on to the Todd Howard interview. I'm pretty sure if anybody here didn't keep up with that, Todd Howard sat down with a great interview. Um, I am trying, I always get the guy's name wrong. What a what was the name of it again? Uh yeah, lead Lex Friedman Podcast. I mean, that was a very long interview, too. I think it was like over two and a half hours. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the dialogue listening to it. Uh, they they definitely, uh, he went into some good conversation with Todd Howard, asked some really good questions, uh, breaking it down all the way from like the start of like Todd Howard's history over at Bethesda. Uh, some of the things that he has some of the trials and tribulations that todd howard has experienced over there with like game titles that he's worked on that didn't exactly pan out and held the company back almost like uh, in his terms almost bankrupted the company and then having other titles completely slingshot bethesda into the success that we see today um and how he really wants to uh and how he tackles game development and even his history i mean it's crazy to hear him talk about how he was wanting to write video games and deal with video games while he was in middle school and this was with no intent to get into the gaming industry or see it as um an avenue for him to make a living this was just him living out his passion and he didn't really figure out that he can make it a career until he got into college um and then he went on to talking about like the future titles with uh, Indiana Jones, Starfield, and potentially with Bethesda's uh, rumored uh, saying that there's a mobile game coming out because they're seeing a lot more engagement from users that are in the younger demographic that sit on their phone that play these mobile games for two hours plus at a time. And so they're kind of redirecting a little bit of the initiative over there to start catering to that crowd. Let's start off with Eric Shockley. Did you watch the interview or did you read about it?
2: Uh yeah, I read something about it and like obviously I think most people saw the uh quite a few of the clips going around. <laughs> to all the fanboy talk. <laughs> um but yeah, I think he, you know, kind of reiterated the uh cuz he's kind of done an interview similar on some of the topics of like how this isn't like a New thing for Bethesda to do, like, exclusives with Xbox. They've done it before. Uh, but it was interesting just hear them talk about, like, well, on the plus side, it's less stress on us because, you know, we can focus on, you know, one at least console platform. So that might be a little bit easier for their team to get, you know, to get extra, which we've always known before with, like, games. When you have, like, exclusives, they can, you know, probably take more advantage of the the console um just because they can focus more resources on the uh system not having to divvy up multiple uh resources you know obviously you have the pc version but
0: uh well between the two architectures he he did mention that that is definitely a lot of stress off his back having to work on some other platforms playstation uh but he did say it introduced a whole new level of pressure for him because now he has to develop a game that is essentially a system seller like starfield no longer needs to be a multi-plat success it needs to be a system seller something that makes the consumer go and get game pass on a television or go to the store and buy an xbox console just to play starfield
2: Mm -hmm. yeah but i mean for him he's not any stranger to that because like he he kind of had to do that for, you know from the get go anyway so like uh with Bethesda um he, his titles kind of have to hit that way with the budget that he usually has with the fallouts the Skyrims so if those don't hit you know Bethesda probably doesn't like if Skyrim released and was just like some average game they're probably hurting <laughs> as a publisher because that's a game that they're banking on uh to probably you know cash flow them for quite a bit um and so th- they count on you know his expertise leading his team his vision uh to really hit especially if it's a new ip if like microsoft wasn't in the boat with them they're launching a new ip it's not does not have carry the elder scrolls name or the fallout name um so everything's banking on <laughs> you know so i feel like the pressure would be there so i don't think that's any different from them it might be a little bit added pressure because you had you have like the uh, micros, you know, like the microscope of people looking at like Xbox hasn't had a, you know, great, you know, 90 plus Metacritic rated, you know, triple A banger, like everybody likes to say. Um, So yeah, they are, they're going to be definitely looking at that. And like the Metacritic score is probably going to be more of a focal point than what they've, you know, that's been attached to their game. Because I don't think any of the fallouts, maybe New Vegas, but that no, obviously it wasn't them. But
3: um. historically, had a low score because it cost Obsidian their, uh, um, their bonuses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was rated very highly. Eighty-four. But, um, the
2: like New a, Vegas. Yeah, it was just.
3: It was oh, one okay. point under. I think the target was eighty-five, and it was one point under
1: that. Oh yeah, it was like eighty-three, eighty-two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
2: right. mean, because even when people want to knock it for like some of its bugginess like I've you've, I've had that in all pretty much all the Grand Theft Autos or the you know big uh, Red Dead Redemption there's a ton of like bugs in that game but it's still a you know a classic um, one of the best games I would say you know of all at least in this modern area of you know of all time <laughs> or at least in this modern time um, so I mean other than that, Metacritic scores—that's there's probably just going to get uh, another notch bumped up <laughs> to 11. Of like, you know, hey, is this going to be a 90? You know, they're just going to really focus on that versus like, hey, this is a—is it a highly rated like Callisto Protocol that just came out? People would have just normally, if it didn't have like that Sony, you know, <laughs> dev thing that just came out like recently, where everybody was talking about, hey, hmm. this is this looks good because uh, Sony's attached to it had none of that been attached to it, people wouldn't been, you know, kind of flaming that back and forth of like, oh, look, you know, look at its, uh you know, score. They they may may have said like, hey, it, you know, it's not hitting the way, you know, we want, wanted it to be a 80 or 90,
3: you know. Um, um, so Fallout, I was looking up the Fallout, the, the scores for the Fallout. Fallout 3 actually was uh, uh averaged between a 90 to a 93, depending on platform. Yeah,
2: I could see that because I was like, their first one, going from like that super old, what the uh, Fallout Two was like a early what, early nineties or mid, or late mid nineties uh, PC game around that time, I think.
3: Yeah, and, so it was a huge jump. From, and Skyrim was between like a ninety two and a ninety six. I can't believe the PlayStation game, PlayStation got a ninety two game was bad on PlayStation.
0: Dude, those loading screens, oh my god!
3: They could go it. Oh yeah, because, like it was. You it, could fall asleep
0: minutes. on one of those damn It was, like, <laughs> it, it have, it was made
3: because sp- the game
2: was so so fucking good. The, <laughs> the cell I didn't beat it. Was so,
0: yeah. <laughs> was so bad. So I, I think it's really interesting how everybody is like so quick to diss a game for being buggy, um especially like we won't get into it this weekend, but with like the Callisto Protocol. But I mean, like playing bethesda titles you almost appreciated that bugginess because yeah it was like you would see some of the most hilarious damn things you would in your life due to a bug but also you were willing to accept it especially if you knew how those game like todd talked about it in the interview like when it comes to uh enemy npcs about how they function on their own uh artificial intelligence their own ai and one of the AI parameters that that intelligence has is it's on the lookout for weapons on the ground that are better than the one they already have. So that way you could literally see an uh, an NPC enemy with a stick all of a sudden throw the stick on the ground and pick up the laser rifle and start shooting at you with it because it, it witnessed a better weapon than what it had. And these are just some of the game mechanics that todd howard and his team crafted to make these like experiences that are almost like one of a kind when it comes to a rpg style game um and that's why i was never ever too critical when it came to bugs because if you knew that what was going on on a compute level when it came just for that game to operate you would understand that Dude, when you're dealing with millions of zeros and ones, sometimes a zero and a one is going to get mixed up and you're just going to see some funny crap take place.
2: Yeah, especially when you're doing an open world with, you know, the... dragons and...
3: Yeah, the, the biggest things are, like, the, the ones that like... were valid to complain about in Skyrim were some of the performance issues. Poor PlayStation players. Um oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, a couple of the quests are to this day in the special edition broken to all hell. That even the modding community can only kind of fixed them. They're broken so bad at their core. Uh Blood on the Ice, I don't know if you guys know the murder mystery one in Windhelm to get the house in Windhelm. We have to investigate the serial killer.
0: Yeah. I know the one you're talking about. That Before.
3: quest is broken eight ways from Sunday. Like if you're ever if you ever want to laugh, go look at the unofficial Skyrim wiki and look at all of the potential bugs and fixes for them. It is so funny. That, that quest is cursed. <laughs> um, but yeah, like most of Skyrim's bugs aren't like game-breaking, right? They're physics stuff, normally. Like, making things go to mock velocity when you freeze them and send them going down a hill, and all of a sudden, because they're moving so quickly, they start floating up in the air, defying physics. It's so funny. Like, it's so funny. Um, and that's part of why I'm actually... <laughs> A little sad that it looks like Starfield is moving away from the Havoc physics engine. I don't know if you guys know about Havoc. It's a it's like a it's a it's an actual like a, a engine in itself that you can plug into other engines for physics, and they're moving away from Havoc. Because Havoc is part of what gives us all of the great nonsense in the Bethesda games. And they've they've moved away from it. Uh, I really hope that they do try to capture some of some of the like Hilarity, like you, you know how, like all the characters have like the death animations that are hilarious. Like they look terrible, but it's like a Bethesda staple, where like the character falls to the ground, but it looks really hilarious. You know what I'm talking about? I really hope they keep some of that Bethesda flavor in the game. In the game, I, I don't. I'm not you a person who you plays games them for Boke realism. Festa, so yeah, I'm not a person who plays <laughs> games for, for the realism. I, I don't care. I play the games because I want to play games, and so give me some Bethesda flavor in this game. Just don't have quest lines be broken. That's where I draw the line. I want to be able to complete my quests. <laughs> no, no blood on the ice again, please. I'm good. I choose life.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, before we uh, get back to Crusader, why not General MLD? Did you check out the interview?
1: I did. Um, I obviously uh, not not the whole thing, but um, you listen to a few people. uh, You listen to the point by point. Um, I I think it's by far the most candid uh, Todd's ever been. I I actually like this kind of a slow hype build up for Starfield. I mean, it's the kind that only like the core gamers like us who who invest their time and stay in the loop, kind of know get to know about this kind of stuff here. But I, I guess from there. The word of mouth kicks in and we tell our friends and so on and so forth i, I like this i like this style where it's, it's it's very like subtle he's just he's just just a passionate guy just um yeah, just, re- just m- m- realizing his dream to make a, a new ip here i do like uh i i like what is it how, how he's tackling the game how uh people have their own uh what is it they, they go about their business regardless of what you do they like you go on a planet and you see like ships like taking off and whatnot so the the worlds feel a little more alive and lived in i like how he's tackling uh the thousand planets where uh you can't just go all of them all at once where some of them are like level locked kind of so you, I, I think you can still go there but you might be at a disadvantage so you only explore x amount of solar systems at a certain time so uh, i do like that so it, may, it makes the whole game a little more uh a little more approachable in that sense you don't feel like too overwhelmed from the start um yeah, i like that there's like romance options but the, the, he said that they're more in depth and even if you're with somebody in the game you could still like kind of piss them off and be put into the doghouse so to speak uh things like that uh I, <laughs> I, it was funny how the interviewer for like the the thousandth time i feel like we we hear the stuff was making sure oh is, is by the way, is this Xbox exclusive? Like, uh, are you sure about that? And Todd just like, yep, it's exclusive. And the guy just has this like side, like awkward shuffling around. He's like, oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. <laughs> like, come on, like, stop asking that question. But he um, wonders
3: if that was actually rehearsed. Oh yeah, <laughs> to, to to drum up the news that it because it would a thousand and a half news articles were written from that one line part of me wonders if microsoft doesn't want that
1: yeah <laughs> starfield
3: is gonna be an xbox exclusive
1: if i could probably have been todd howard right now just not. keep asking oh my god well, <laughs> if i could have
3: known like it's already a the, the sealed known thing so like
0: if i could have been todd howard in that interview i would have the, the minute it was asked be like actually we went back to the drawing board and we yeah. all decided we're gonna put it on playstation and then that's and you'd be like really no i'm
1: just no. fucking around no. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nice <laughs> That'd be a good troll move, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I do like it, it. Does seem to be a little more of a uh, of a serious take on RPG. I mean, I feel like I, th- I think we'll still get some kind of like those funny funny death animations where like you know like the like the, they'll fall down in funny ways and things like that. But uh, I think they're gonna tone down the gore aspect in order to keep a stable frame rate. I think that's pretty paramount. I think I'll, I think he knows xbox knows that all eyes will be on this game and they're gonna pounce on any like frame rate dips if there's a lot of it everyone's gonna talk about it so i feel like they they know that and they want to prioritize that that in the final product so this game turns out to be exactly what we want it to be like a real system seller as you guys said before so that means like a stable like consistent frame rate graphics that are great but not like so taxing on the engines on, on the console itself. Um, I, I think they know they got their eyes on the prize with this game, and the delay obviously hurt like you know, a 2022 holiday for Xbox uh, is a bit light on the triple A front, but it's gonna pay off in the end. Like, it's the game will be exactly what we want it to be, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a slow hype build from, from the interviews process, but the more you listen to it. The more excited you are and the more anyone's concerns should be put to rest like the E3 demo yeah that made some people skeptical but I feel like it's a whole new ball game now with the delay and them in the polish phase so uh this game's gonna be so good it's gonna be so good it'll be, and it'll be played for years the mod scene will be yeah he also t- touched on that too like they' they are prioritizing mods from the start they know that's part of their DNA and yeah i mean those those a thousand plants they're gonna get so much life breathed into them with with the mod scene hopefully uh xbox consoles get uh, a piece of that action pc gamers don't get all the fun with that but i feel like i feel like we will because fall four had uh console mods so 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 i'm optimistic Uh, with that
3: so did uh special edition
1: yeah so i i think we'll be okay in that regard so yeah, very exciting stuff. I, I cannot wait to play Hopefully, hopefully they stay their word and it comes out in the first half uh, of the year. That'll make a great like E3 kind of season drop around that time period and hopefully leave the holiday season for another AAA game to shine. Hopefully, Starfield doesn't have to get pu- pushed back again. But I, I think you will be fine.
3: I'm thinking it's on that space day in May. It's like May 4th, 5th, 3rd. Something oh, that's like right. That.
0: May Fourth yeah, is National Star Wars Day.
3: Yeah, oh. and I mean, I say it's somewhere in it's somewhere in May's National Space Day, and then there's one in July, which technically wouldn't be the first half, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if it was. The, yeah, Todd likes his month. kooky
1: release dates. There's
3: there's International Space Exploration Day is in July. Huh. And so, if they wanted to put it on a themed date, because Bethesda loves their themed dates, whether it's internal anniversaries or stuff, that 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 one wouldn't be a bad date to put Starfield on the space exploration game.
0: So let's look at the before we get to you, Crusader. Let's look okay. at the one elephant in the room on this whole Starfield situation. This is going to be the first Gen Nine. Exclusive title for Xbox.
3: Mm. Red, Red Red Redfall might be. Red. Yeah, well, right. no.
0: Star Starfield is not going to be able to be played on the Xbox One.
3: Redfield's not either. I thought I thought Redfield was or Red Redfall. Redfall well, big.
0: Redfall too. But I'm talking like, well, if Redfall comes out before Starfield, yeah, I that, thought, I think that's still is. to be determined. But, yeah. Um. But at the very least, let's just talk about this. Will be the big triple A banger exclusive to gen 9 title uh and and basically pcs that have the snuff to push this game and the only reason why i point that out and this isn't a diss towards playstation but does playstation currently have a gen 9 triple a only title because god of yeah. war ragnarok was put on the ps4 do
1: they have an exclusive yeah uh, right t- so they power. still in I don't your know. Opinion though, you think that's like a real exclusive voice yeah, PS4. Absolutely.
3: To that absolutely.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. That yeah.
3: Having played it, having platinumed it and then having basically platinumed it a second time with my one of my best friends in real life. That game absolutely.
0: Well, yeah, it's fine. I just can't forget that the developer on Ratchet and Clank uh the the one that's on the PS5 came out and said that there was a way to get it on ps4 but it just really involved like dumbing a lot of the stuff down yeah um and that's where and that's where i'm wanting to like i'm not trying to dig on playstation or be the xbox you know fanatic over here it's just more like they deliberately engineered the game to be ps5 only when and it could have changed a few things to get it on ps4 when we already know because of like the incident with cyberpunk that that game should have been gen 9 only because yeah. of the tech involved that starfield kind of falls on the same scale that if you yeah. tried to put this on the xbox 1 it would probably screw the f mm-hmm. up yes, on I, how I it would operate it.
3: um cuz here's the thing i i don't think any game necessarily that's going to come out before 2024 Right, I'll go that far out. I don't think like, any game really is, on any platform from any developer first or third party, is really even coming close to saturating what the hardware can do. I don't think Starfield will. Uh, Ratchet and Clank did things that used the hardware, but it did not saturate it in the slightest. I, I, I will say that. Right, I, I don't think that there is a game that will actually abuse the hardware. Truly, take the series x and run it through its paces. I don't think we'll have a game that does that until 2024, 2025. Uh, because that's normal, right? I mean, you look at the games that came out in the first half of the Xbox One generation, they're they're nothing compared to what came out at the end. Right? They're nothing compared to what came out at the end. Same thing's true with PlayStation. This shit that came out at the beginning, the Nax, the even the the first Uncharted, it's nothing compared to Ghost of Tsushima and God of War 2018 or Ragnarok. It, they, the devs really don't abuse the hardware until the second half and the end of the life cycle of the hardware. So I don't really think that even Starfield's going to put the Series X through its paces. Now, I, I do think that Starfield's closer to doing that than most other games will, only because like of what it's going to be and what they've described it as. But I, I can't with an honest face go out and say that, yeah, um, Starfield's going to be the absolute definition of next gen, I think it'll be the one of the games you can point to is this was the very beginning of next gen, and then Elder Scrolls 6 will be the definition of next gen, in that my opinion. If you want my opinion, up. Elder Scrolls 6 will define open world what an open world game in this generation could be. Does that make sense? I, oh,
0: yeah, I get I actually wonder what the end of the generation is going to look like, yes. especially on the Xbox side, purely because i remember when they were developing the ps5 and the the xbox series s and the xbox series x and when we finally had the leaks of the 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 sock chips or the system on a chip uh the rdna2 chips uh, and we saw that over on the xbox side it was rdna2 plus yeah. and over on the playstation side it was rdna2 and this gave uh this gave the uh the infamous RD, RDNA 1.5, because um, the PlayStation had a modified version of the RDNA 2 chip that was missing a few things, which is all that cloud infrastructure that Microsoft wanted to take advantage of. And I remember uh, bringing this up to other people in the community, saying, "Does this mean that Xbox is going to utilize the cloud to push games that have a lot that need a lot of compute power?" And older consoles are going to be able to take take advantage of what they can do by putting uh, the Series X um, chips into the blades of the Azure server ner- network for uh, X Cloud, and they would be able to push these old uh, these old these newer games on older hardware. And everybody said it sounded like a good idea, and then we saw how it was completely possible with Microsoft Flight Simulator by being able to put that on the Xbox One um and the game yep. was working because they were using cloud compute power to actually kind of get the game to work
3: well it's just it's it's streamed through x Cloud like anything else. right
0: yeah. and i'm wondering if by some chance they're going to do a timed exclusive style to starfield and let everybody have fun with it and show off the the newer gen console and basically show that next gen is here and then probably six months towards the holiday all of a sudden come out and be like, hey, we're putting it in uh, the the XCloud network so that way you just like uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, you'll be able to play Starfield on older hardware that needs this extra compute power.
3: I'm not sure that they do that. That that's not a terrible idea, but I'm not sure that they do that because I mean they want to grow XCloud as much as they want to grow their console base. Like I I don't I don't think we can dispute that that like they want to grow people playing games in their web browsers, as much as they want to grow people using a home console. You know what I mean? Well, and the, so people with inadequate
0: a, PCs could take advantage of that.
3: Yeah, they and they do, you know? And so I, I, I don't know that, St- I, I think that if Starfield can get, if they have it running in xCloud day one, it will just be in xCloud day one. Does that make sense? If they can no, do it, it it'll be it, there.
0: Yeah, I totally see that. See, that's the whole thing. Like, I, I just love the beauty that microsoft waited for those rdna 2 plus chips to actually be available so they could actually get that because that was why there was a huge delay on dev kits and everything else and i think the wait was worth it on the xbox side because i really think they're going to leverage uh the fact that they have a lot of money and time invested into building up the azure network that they would be able to get more people into playing on those services purely because a game like Starfield needs that compute power.
3: Also, it should be noted that uh Flight Simulator not showing up in XCloud until later was not actually a technical problem. It was a logistical one. Uh the way that the APUs for the series work in the XCloud, right? It's not actually a Series X APU, it's actually like a dual Series X APU. It's a a system on a chip that actually has the power to run two, what would be two virtualized Series Xs at once, right? But it can also run four uh, virtualized Series Ss at once. And that's why almost all content in xCloud is the Series S version that streams because they can use one server blade to run four Series S emulate, essentially like a, a, a virtual Series S in the cloud. And they can only do two, with the same hardware, they can only do two Series Xs. That's just how it breaks, that's how the APU is uh, functionally broken down. And they legitimately did not have enough of them in their data centers to, to have enough units in their data centers to handle xCloud, when if the, their APUs in the cloud were only able to run two games at a time. That's why it took so long. It was a logistical reason. They didn't have enough silicon at their data centers, the 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 Series X, the or the, the, the Series X style APUs. It, that, that, that's why they waited with um, uh, the flight simulator for, for so long. They literally just needed more devices because they had to split stuff, right? They had to split stuff between the Series X devices that were going to consumers, the Series S devices that were going to consumers, and the silicon that they were going to take that wouldn't go to the consumer and would go to the cloud instead. Uh, and they just didn't have enough to to put um, the flight simulator series X version in the cloud uh, at launch. Hmm. Um, that that that's why that happened. Um, but oh, uh, but yeah, no. Um, I, I I would like to say that other zinc is completely wrong about the Atari comment. I take offense to that, but he is completely right in chat that Forza Motorsport is going to be the the visual definitive measure. Like the, the hardware the hardware measure. For the motorsport twenty twenty three. I I won't be playing it because I, I really don't care. But it will be the I, I think it will be the early game definitive measure, which is also this spring. I think it will come out before I don't know if it'll come out before Redfall, but it'll come out before uh uh Starfield. I'm almost certain of that. I think it'll it'll be a March title.
1: I feel like that'll be in between or, Redfall and Starfield. Yeah.
3: I, I I think that would be a safe bet. Is that it would be in between those two? Um, it could actually fall with either of them within like a three-week time period, just like uh, Horizon fell with Infinite, because it's it's not going to actually leech users either way, right? Like it's not Forza Horizon had more of a chance to leech to 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 act in a like a a vampiric um what do they call it? like they they would actually hurt each other's like MAUs and sales and stuff like Forza Horizon had a better chance to hurt Halo Infinite sales than Forza Motorsport does either of those games because Motorsport as a as an actual like racing sim is not as wide stream popular as the the open world um arcade style racing that is uh the Horizon series It just never has been it's very popular very popular i'm not trying to say it's not popular it's just not as it's not as casual popular it is more towards its racing sim audience which is fine that's what it should be you know games should be designed for specific audiences that's that's the best way to do things like the immersive sims that arcane makes but um i really don't think the forza motorsport would actively compete with either starfield or redfall they could launch very close it could launch very close to either of them and it wouldn't be a huge problem
0: in my industry and the food and beverage industry like the bar industry it's referred to as cannibalizing your own consumer base
3: yeah cannibalizing that's the word i don't know why i said vamp
0: no no you know you're totally that's why rule of thumb everybody if you own a bar never have two of your businesses within i think it's like a 10 to 15 mile radius of each other because you'll basically be cannibalizing your own consumer base for your first business
3: yeah and luckily like motorsport very popular but it has a core audience, right? It's it's not as casual inviting. That's why they created Horizon. Horizon was far more inviting to casual players who weren't into the explicit racing sims. And they they play they synergistically play off each other and each half of the franchise makes the other half far more popular. But they they still really have their own lanes where one is the mainstream casual group, and one is more focused towards the not-mainstream group. And I I really don't think that Motorsport... I don't think there's another game that Xbox makes that Motorsport could truly cannibalize, right? I mean, if you launched them on the same day, it would be bad. But you launch them within, like, a a three-week-to-a-month period of each other, like, they're not going to do anything to each other, except for maybe the absolute most hardcore of Xbox fans. Like, I'm a pretty hardcore, you know, Xbox player. I mean, I play on PlayStation, but, like, I don't. I, I literally do not buy any third party there except for Mass Effect, and that's just because I love my trophies. But, um, like you can't, like, like, unless you're like one of us who are going to play just about everything they put out. You're not. I, I don't think that the the, the one tar is going to target the other. So yeah, m- motorsport will be the visual definition. I think if we're gonna pick a game, um, if we're gonna pick a Bethesda game, that's gonna do it. Starfield's gonna. Clobber Redfall in terms of technical achievement.
0: Speaking of Starfield, because I know we went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. If you watched Todd Howard, a Todd Howard interview, what'd you pull from it other than Starfield?
3: So the Todd Howard interview was pretty good. Um, I liked that. Uh, what is it? I, I have the stuff. I, I really only pulled out the Starfield stuff in my head because I I, I'm really excited for Starfield. Oh, everybody's Starfield talking
0: about Starfield. I think they're talking about it more than Microsoft Activision.
3: Yeah, Starfield is. of games that are coming out reasonably soon, right? Like the next year to 18 months, right? Starfield's definitely the one that I'm most excited for. I don't think anything else compares that we know is coming out. If Avowed was suddenly announced to be coming out next fall, then there'd actually be some competition in my brain, right? But otherwise, Starfield has no real competition under Xbox or any other platform at this point. Like, at all third party included i'm just so excited for for it and um he was talking about like how there's different spacesuits for like the different gas types and pressures and stuff on the different planets i thought that was really cool but they didn't want to lean too far into the hardcore like you can't run out of gas in space right you need the gas to go between systems but you can't just be stranded in space maybe it'll come in a hardcore mode later awesome awesome concept um uh, the level system for the planets was really cool. Um, the fact that th- there are gonna be like robot enemies and robot things and like ships coming and going from starports was really cool. The fact that like you can jump into a system and like a freighter might hail you, like uh, just a, like a, a radiant freighter and like you can like board the freighter and stuff sounds awesome. Um, and like I'm just really, really excited for, um, for the for the game i'm not really sure how much i can buy into the fact that development is that much easier for them besides the fact that they get access to top uh direct xbox and direct x engineers like because they're part of the company like that that will absolutely make it easier but i mean On the console side, you have two SKUs, which isn't too bad, right? You have the Series S and Series X. It's it's only two. But, I mean, they are also still developing for PC, and they have to develop across a wide range of PC SKUs. So, I don't know how much easier it can physically... how much easier just dropping, like, the PlayStation get, besides you don't have to work with another API, which does make it easier. But I I just... I don't know... I don't know how much easier it can really get. if, If Todd's saying it is, then I'll believe him. It just... Coming from a, a software engineering background and, and stuff like that, I, I just I don't know. It, it just doesn't it doesn't feel quite the same as when other developers talk about like because I mean with Xbox it is a large ecosystem it just is right it's not it's not a constrained one device kind of thing it is a, a whole family of devices and with PC basically limitless combinations so that that's that's what that is but the the one thing he he that would make it easier and that he did stress in the article is that they have access to the top engineers, which I which would make it so that it that it is easier. Um and I resonate so much with one thing that Todd said is that he is much more excited about the console version of the game than the PC version of the game because of the nature of his job. He stares in front of a computer screen all day. And I cannot tell you how much I resonate with that exact statement as an IT person. The fact that um uh the the fact that he as a developer likes the sitting on your couch playing on your tv kind of style gaming because he works all day at a computer and doesn't want to sit at a computer and a mouse and keyboard and play games on on his on his computer even though like it could technically be you know Higher quality that he he likes the console gaming because it's casual. It, it's a still more casual, laid back experience. It's not work, and I I, I resonate with that so much. I, that's why I tell people that even though I have a thirty eighty with a uh, newest uh, i seven that you can get. Um, even though I have that supercomputer, I like playing on my Xbox Series X way more because I can just sit back and not have to worry about a goddamn thing that I have to worry about at work. <laughs> so great! Uh, Todd, it made Todd feel like me, and that 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 was a, a a almost humanizing moment for Todd. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, the interview was good. I'm just so I'm so excited for Starfield. I can't wait to play. I can't wait
0: right, I see the chat talking about it like what me and invader and everybody here like at least I believe everybody here the term cannibalizing is so we got to look at it from the turn the point of Microsoft is offering game pass if they drop all these banger titles In a very small cluster. Yeah, they're gonna get three to four months out of people subscribing to game pass They're gonna putter out and move out of the service If you can drop a title, keep people interested in that title for three to four months. And right when they're getting ready to putter out and they are start contemplating, do I really need the subscription? Do I really need the subscription? Because, I mean, I played the game. I had my enjoyment. Oh, shit. They just dropped another title into Game Pass I really want to play. I'm not going to cancel my subscription. They keep throwing the bait out into the ocean, feeding the sharks every couple of months. Um, And that's where... Mm -hmm. The term cannibalizing comes because if you put them too clustered to each other, literally these games will cannibalize each other and you won't get the amount of revenue you're looking from out of the service because people are literally going to play these these games quickly and then they're just going to move on.
3: Yeah, a- another way to think about it is um, in the solar industry, there's a reason why solar panels aren't just all the, the, the arrays are somewhat distanced apart from each other because... You, you want the sun to hit them at the best uh, amount of uh, angles. And if you have all of your panels up so close to each other, then some of the panels are actually going to be blocking the light that hits them from different angles. And so you have to have them positioned ever so correctly so that none o- so that they're all working at peak efficiency. And, and that happens a lot with games. That's why like you typically don't see, from a first party releasing games one on top of the other, and why they hold some back. Nintendo's well known for holding absolutely complete games back because they they don't want one game to cannibalize the sales of another one. Um, I'm of the opinion that Forza Motorsport wouldn't cannibalize the as long as they didn't release within the same like week, it wouldn't directly cannibalize the sales of of another game of another Xbox first party game. Same thing with I really don't think even uh, Horizon could do that. Because the, the racing games typically have a much uh, much separated audience. Same with like RTSs. That they, they typically also have a very distinct audience that doesn't overlap extensively. Um, and so you, you really have to think with these releases, would, would one cannibalize the other? It's, it's why I don't think Starfield and any other RPG, that open world RPG that Microsoft is making, will launch within six months of each other. So if if you have if you have like uh, Starfield coming out in like let's say quarter two, I wouldn't expect another massive open world RPG to come out until quarter four, personally, because those games take so long for players to beat—they're hundreds of hours—that um, spacing them out is what is best for the games themselves and their engagement.
0: All right. Anybody else have anything to add about the Todd Howard interview? All right. Well, I guess that concludes the show for tonight. We'll start getting to our outros. Uh, we'll start off with you, Mr. General MLD. Where can everybody find you at? Yeah, you
1: guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter, Gamertag Ghost MLD. And yeah, it was a great show. Lots to talk about and looking forward to the next one. All right. And how about you, Mr. Shockley? Where
0: can we all find you at?
3: shock you're muted if you're talking
2: oh, oh yeah no, know i'm here <laughs> my bad uh but no as always you can find me at shock Nero on twitter easy shock on xbox live but yeah good show tonight uh good topics hopefully we can just stop talking about it here soon with this over and over and over uh with this basically the same questions but uh for our same interviews it seems um but yeah hopefully we get some clarity soon i think michael factor just released something that they might need to uh give over some bethesda <laughs> the titles i think he said you said they might be asked to offer to make future versions of like fallout and other scrolls available on playstation
0: <laughs> so
2: it'll be interesting but
0: all right and finally rounding it off how about you crusader
3: uh you know you can find me at crusader three four five six on twitter i think my pinned tweet has literally every other one of the social media platforms that i'm on pinned there i'm on like everything uh you know you can follow me on xbox i'm gonna be playing a lot of fortnite and destiny 2 over the next couple days so if anyone wants to party up you just send me a message and see if i have time uh but yeah you know just good show, everyone. I, I love the
0: conversation tonight, it was good. Yes, definitely fun conversations tonight. Um, and yeah, sorry to all those in the chat that were looking to find love in the chat from our, our friendly bots that always appear. <laughs> I'm gonna be up front, I gotta help Invader control that situation. Me and him are really working hard on the development of the TXR Love Finder, so we gotta really corner that market and keep our chat for <laughs> our own. Love finding bots. So sorry, everyone, uh, if you missed out the opportunity on finding the love of your life in a YouTube chat. Um.
3: <laughs> I don't know who it was in chat, but someone said, Dude. no, how could you delete that before, um, before, before I found I my true love? Of? And I, almost, yeah. I had to mute myself real fast. I was cracking up.
0: Oh, yeah, I was cracking up myself seeing that. Um, also apologies if anybody heard my neighbors pounding on the wall, dragging stuff on it. I I think they're trying to burrow in here and actually, you know, join me on the show, whatever the hell that was about. Uh, for those interested in finding me, you can find me at Centurion 1307, Xbox Live, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find me here every Sunday night, generally as a panel member, because the host Invader Gaming is always the one running the show here. He left me in charge tonight and I humbly accepted. Uh, you can also find me on Gaming Beyond the Box with uh, Wilmy Hood in them. Uh, they've been kind of hit or miss with the shows. Um, definitely, they shout out to everybody on Twitter when one's going to fire up. Hopefully, we get to do one this week, but he's been really busy kind of getting things dialed in. Um, so be sure to tune in here next Sunday. Invader will be here. Uh, as always, uh, like, subscribe, follow us on other platforms like BitChute, Twitter other social media platforms invader has a spread pretty far and until then man thank you everybody in the chat it was absolute fun conversating with you all always great to see all the familiar faces and new faces in the chat and until next time everybody we'll see you next week